0: Welcome to your next step of the self-publishing mountain. I'm Matilda Swift, author of Quintessentially British Cozy Mysteries. And I'm Samantha Cummings, author of young adult books about magic, myths and monsters. I've written the books, changed their covers, tweaked their blurbs, tried tools from a dozen ads courses, and I'm still not seeing success. Now we're working together to plot and plan our way from barely making ends meet to pulling
1: in a living wage. Join us on our journey where we'll be mastering the pen to snag that paycheck. Hello and welcome to Pen to Paycheck Authors Podcast. I'm Matilda Swift here with my co-host Sam Cummings and we're here to write our way to financial success. We're two indie authors with over a dozen books between us and still a long way to go towards the quit the day job dream. If that sounds familiar, listen along for our Mastery Through Missteps journey. Each week, we cover a topic to help along the way. This week's topic is going to be niches or niches, depending on how you pronounce it. We'll talk about that in a bit. But before
0: we get onto that, let's do our wins and winches of the week. Sam, what's yours? I am going full on win this week and I set up Facebook ads, (gasps) if you can believe it. Oh, (laughs) straight in there okay straight
1: in just Um, give us a quick recap of where we were at last time with Facebook ads because we had an episode on it so it's been very
0: popular we did Um, Um, so I was I I did actually go a bit rogue so I was just going to do a Facebook like a few Facebook ads that were going to get people to like my page and instead mm -hmm. I just did some Facebook ads to direct people to my website to buy books (laughs) and you know just uh, just thought I'd just throw a little bit of money, like literally two pounds a day, just a continuous ad to see what kind of traction I get, so I can start gathering information to then lead on to better ads. So, is this so it's like a benchmarking I, thing? It's not
1: that you decided to throw down your advice from literally two weeks ago.
0: No, 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 not at all. It's like two pounds a day. Is I'm not going to be winning any awards here. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be selling hundreds of books. It's literally just a way to. I had to restart my um, ads. Um profile that's the word I'm looking for my ads profile on Facebook so I figured if I just kind of run some ads getting people to click links then I'm going to be getting some good traction with Facebook get them to see me as like a legitimate business and so I just thought I might as well just start so I'm excited. And why that rather than like liking your page or to a newsletter why did you go for straight ads? I'm gonna be honest um I was being super lazy I started an ad just as (laughs) just to, like, remember what the process was and make sure my bank details are pulled through. And it automatically did, a like, a link instead of, like, a Facebook page-like. And I thought, well, rather than go back, let's go forwards. <laughs> but I am That's a good attitude. Gonna, yeah, let's go yeah, forward. Like, yeah, like, the universe obviously wanted me to do uh, a link-clicking ad. Who am I? The universe, through <laughs> Facebook, came to you. Through Facebook, yeah. It's like, you know... You need to hear this. So yeah, I just I just thought I'd start it as a, a little project that I'm going to review at the end of the month. And then I'll probably set up the page-liking one. And um, I just, yeah, I just thought I'd okay. throw the money at it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to thinking about that. That is good because I feel yes. like
1: I feel very far away from Facebook ads at the moment. Um, I was sort of hoping to do some in February, but I think following our chat, I really just want to get into the habit of making a page that is more of a viable page that is not just uh, a graveyard of things that I once thought were useful to post. So I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm following your advice, and I'm going to get my page up and up and running, and then I'm going to yes. run a variety <laughs> of ads to get people to like my page, and then I will be running some sales ads. So I will say, yep. do I'm going to do as you say, not as you do, because yes. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> is, yeah, that is that
0: is very much. I am going to, I um, am going to do as I say as well. I just, mm-hmm. um, I just got so excited to spend money. <laughs> Uh, yeah, who doesn't love spending money on Facebook ads? I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I've also got Owen for the week. Um I I have planned this week to start planning out my next series. So I've got a series coming up that actually I'll talk about today because it fits into the conversation about niches, niches. Um and I i sat down, I have a writing group on Wednesday evenings where I find it quite a useful time to um kind of really focus on having a week where I'm not necessarily doing any writing. It's a great chance to like I'm definitely gonna sit down and do something. So I had planned to start outlining my new series. But when I sat down, I was flicking through the the place where I was doing my planning and I, I came across something that I've been sort of thinking about before, which was about this new marketing tool that I don't want to go into too much depth now because I am maybe like 50% of the way to know what it's gonna be. Um and because I felt really when I first thought about it, I felt so excited. And it kind of came out of our niching and branding work. Cause I felt like what what am I good at? What do I already know how to do that I could do with ease? Uh and that was some sort of companion to my books that bring in the the thing that I want to say is my brand. Um, but it, it I, I felt like instantly like, oh I could I know exactly what it's gonna be. And then when I sat down to originally start thinking about it when we were talking about this last year, I realised like oh actually the idea is very amorphous in my mind I've I've kind of got this like vague shape of something that feels really positive but I don't know what it is so I I left it for a little bit and and on Wednesday last Wednesday um I felt really excited to look at it again uh and it's one of those ones where it takes a lot of brain space to look at it because I I could kind of do anything Mm -hmm. um so it was a win to kind of want to tackle it again where I got to by the end of that Wednesday session was I had written out the three options that I think are most viable and what they would look like. Uh, I think one of them actually would be a huge amount of work and not very fun either for me or particularly for the reader. Um, So that was instantly, (laughs) no, thank you. I, I, I could think, I'm sure there's a way to make it work, but it wasn't it wasn't kind of filling me with joy. So I, I think I'll leave that one. And the other two, I want to draft versions of them. So I'm drafting a version of this with my first book of my original series, of Heatherbell Mysteries. I'm drafting one to see what it would look like. And what I'm hoping is, is when I find the right style, I will use it for my brand new series that I will be talking about later today. So big win to have kind of tackled what is a big kind of thinking amorphous project, which I could have kept putting off forever. I'm still not hundred percent on it, but I've got a couple of days off coming up because it is Chinese New Year, and I, I work for a Hong Kong company, so I get days off for that. So I've got a couple of extra days off in which everyone will be at work, and I will be focused while also celebrating Chinese New Year because I enjoy that.
0: <laughs> well, that sounds like amazing. I love when the ideas come and you actually get to sit down and like start molding them into something that looks more like like an actual idea rather than just an insane thing so <laughs> mm-hmm. as you said like that kind of all ties in with what we're talking about today so how did you do this week with looking at, at like your niching slash niching um where are you at with this okay so the first
1: place I'm at is that I'm going to pronounce it as niche um <laughs> which I know is isn't a great divide in this podcast it may be the end of us one day mm-hmm. I'm going to say niche Because I like the phrase niching down and (laughs) I think there's like fun, catchy phrases in the indie community like niches get riches. So I think niche lends itself better to, you know, fun, positive phrases, um, even though it is the American pronunciation.
0: (laughs) I can't believe that you wouldn't want to say niches get (laughs) riches. I'm just not that, you know, I'm not that (laughs) chic.
1: Yeah, maybe one day, maybe, maybe that's like the fancy version of it. Maybe one day when I'm feeling really Mm -hmm. chic, I will go niches, get Um, (laughs) reshoots. But for now, yeah, I'm going to go niches. Um, I, so we talked about this last year. We did. So when we very first started meeting up weekly, we started with one of our all day meetings and in that we decided that we wanted to both have podcasts, which was great and very exciting. But you also thought we wanted to have some practice of our conversations and figure out what they would look like in order to make the podcast useful and not just as rambling more than we maybe do now. Mm. Um, so we started on something that we both had been thinking about a lot. I think once you're at a certain stage in your writing career and you've written a few books, and I'm sure some people come to it really early when they're more business minded, but definitely if you're more of a coming from it from like a writing mindset and you you've been like a writer this little kid and you just want to put the books out there maybe once you've got a few books in you and I was like oh actually the people who are killing it are quite targeted in their niches I could also be that if I thought about it a bit more so we're both at that stage because we wanted to get more professional in our processes um and so we were we wanted to have as our first topic thinking about niches and figuring out what that meant and this was the first time when we had the situation where we said, we'll come back next week with our brainstorming this topic. And in fact, we were both a little bit extra. So we both made Canva presentations (laughs) um, about about our niches. We did research. We thought about different aspects of it and like what our readers wanted, what our competitors were doing. Um, And at the end of that, we both realized that actually we maybe weren't super sure on what the word niche meant. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I just pause there in kind of what I'm thinking, do you want to talk a bit more about that from your side of it, and you can feel free to use the word niche should you wish yeah
0: i I will be saying niche so apologies, <laughs> readers, listeners, viewers <laughs> um, yes, um, so I think that was the difficult part really when we were talking about it originally is there's there's like a an umbrella, and under this umbrella you have branding genre niche, and it's so easy. To get like, I think branding is kind of like covers everything, but I think genre and niche is really easy to get confused. And I think we were both doing that. We were both um like really muddying the waters with what we were thinking, like who we were and what we were writing. It wasn't, we weren't 100% clear in what the niche meant for us. So I've been like kind of re looking at it this week. Um, and I looked back at what I'd done previously. And I think from my point of view, what I came to realise was that the niche element is really like what I'm bringing to the story. So for me, my niche is like my, my like good things, (laughs) like my strong points in my writing and like trying to find those, like trying to look at the strong points in my writing and what my main um, themes and topics are and what i excel at doing. So i i kind of looked at it as instead of looking outside to try and figure out what my niche is, i started to actually just look at myself and look at what i've written already and try and figure out like is this like are my current books already part of this idea that i have of my work and if not how do i drill down to make them. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does and i i still feel like to an extent we are
1: struggling with the word niche. Um mm-hmm. I think half part about niche is like how is it different to a subgenre and where mm-hmm. does where does like niche stop and brand start? Mm-hmm. Because I think when we originally talked about niches or niches, um you know, we did the the natural first things, like looking at what am my closest, what do I consider my closest competitors to be, what are their subcategories. Not helpful at all in cozies, because in fact, Amazon subcategories are really not reflective of what genres there are, what subgenres there are. So in Cozy Mystery, there are a couple of subcategories, but there's no subcategory for paranormal cozy, which is easily around half the genre, like half the top 100 is paranormal cozy, just totally ignored. There are subcategories for things like animal cozy, crafts cozy, culinary cozy. There's nothing for paranormal cozy. There are genres that have lots of things in common with it, but there isn't cozy then into Paranormal. There isn't really historical. Um, and if you look like nineteen twenties, cozy is this enormous subgenre. Slash category, again, this is where I'm like falling down with the terminology. And then mm-hmm. I think starting to look at that and then thinking, what is different between that and a niche? And how is it different from branding? So I also the thing we're looking at what do I already do a lot of, but trying to fit that in with what competitors are doing that I think are the closest people to me um and I think I really want to think of as my niche culinary cozies but I'm not I'm not sure if that is too broad because that is kind of just a subcategory or subgenre um but culinary cozy kind of feels like something that I do a lot but I don't bring out enough I it's it's all all my books are culinaries I have one series the Heather Bell Mysteries that are set in a Small village where the, the sleuth's best friend runs a, a cafe with lots of cakes, and the other series is set in the back room of a Greasy Spoon, which is like a diner. Um, and one of the side characters it runs a chocolate shop. So constantly food, all the time. That is what I'm doing about, and to me that just feels so part of life and part of a cosy that I just sort of don't register it and I don't bring it out enough. I don't foreground it. Maybe that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't make it a thing, even though it's significant and would be what people are maybe looking for and I don't know if that is enough to say that's a niche because then when we we're looking at branding, I went deeper mm-hmm. into thinking British cozy is a real thing that like again I do a lot of all my books have things like traditional myths uh locations, beautiful buildings, country houses, interesting weird quirky um you know activities, traditional foods, uh, and I love those things. And I put them in all the time. So then is my niche British culinary cozy, or is that too narrow? Is culinary cozy my niche and British is my branding? I think yes and no. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely think yeah, that... this is where we landed before, right? Great, yes. great <laughs> understanding of this. It's a lot of yes um, and no answers, yeah.
0: I think that um, your your genre slash subgenre is um, culinary cozy, mm-hmm. but your ni- niche niche—I've forgotten what the word even is. Now. My niche, my <laughs> I, philosophical I think, conundrum. I think yes is um, I think it is the British element. Mm-hmm. Um, because i've like I've got this web page open in front of me because I've been using this to kind of try and um, like frame it in my mind, and it's from it's the kobo writing life dot com. So it's so, like the kobo Website about, and it's a blog post about finding your niche. And one of the questions it asks is like, is your setting always the same or like kind of mm-hmm. always the same? And I think if you're, if the dominant thing about yours is that you're always set in like a British countryside, then I mm-hmm. think that that is part of your niche because like you are quintessentially British culinary. Mm-hmm cozy stuff <laughs> and i think that because it's if the location is is like such a big deal then that is part of your niche because that's one of your selling points
1: yeah and like to me it's such a big deal but It's like well obviously that's where i write my stories because why would you write them somewhere else yeah but <laughs> it's really but awesome, yes, to see, like the wood for the trees
0: <laughs> yes i um have a, a similar thing where i like my current series is set in america but because I really think there's, there is a gap in the market or in my mind, there's a gap in the market for more British um, fantasy, like young adult fantasies. I like the rest of all the other st- all, all the books that I've got in the pipeline and stuff at the moment. Um, they are all set in the UK and is something that I think I would try and use as part of my niche is like like little villages with magic in them. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if it's like a setting, if the setting is important, that's part of your niche would we then say that like separate branding
1: is to do with your humor or your <laughs> like maybe addition of romance like wh- how how would you separate because I think we talked around about so many times that I really feel like yes it's clearly a complicated topic and we have maybe mm-hmm. talked about it in different ways at different times and it's really good to try and pin down where we landed and definitely I think it's a process for fun to go through and figure out what is the difference between a category, a genre, a niche, a your brand? Mm-hmm. So, what what do you think of as
0: as key to branding that is separate from niche? I think branding is how you present your books and how you present yourself. Um, it's the outer layer before you get to the niche. So it's like the wrapper of the chocolate bar. Like you can recognize a Cadbury's chocolate bar by the wrapper, and then mm-hmm. you like open it and it's like the particular Cadbury's taste. Just because why not talk about food? <laughs> Mm-hmm, um sure. so to me, to me, branding is like who I am and how I present myself in terms of my books, um, a particular style of cover and colours, which obviously seems really obvious. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but then how is that not colors. like
1: how you're not fitting into that with like just genre convention?
0: And then that that links into genre convention as well as what's expected of your covers and stuff. Um, but, you know, like there are some people whose covers they fit into the convention of their genre but they are also like really like you can tell it's theirs in some way Mm -hmm. maybe like a particular font that they're using or even just like the placement of particular things or little motifs that they've got going through so i think it all does tie in but there is definitely there are definite separations between them at the same time Mm-hmm. is that is, I don't it's so difficult to I mean about. I think I
1: think we're yeah I think we're not going to find like a 100% we know it right now because we're still in the process of exploring it and that is what yes. we're having this this conversation for to figure out yeah. where it's worth putting our energy into like where are the questions still arising mm-hmm. what do we want to mm-hmm. still be figuring out um, so yeah for me I think what I want to figure out is to me British culinary cozy sort of feels like two different things and there are lots of British culinary cozy, so it, it definitely isn't two different things. But it's like, how do I, how do I foreground both at the same time without it seeming like messy? Um, I think a lot of culinary cozy authors really just focus on the culinary side of it, and even though they consistently have the same sort of setting, that I think they maybe more convey with their covers and with the mm-hmm. things they talk about, rather than saying I am an X area author. They focus on the culinary. And you start to know what to expect because it's kind of subtly conveyed, which is maybe why I think of the British thing as being more branding related, because I will be in that niche, but it's not what I will say is my, like, it's not the out loud part. It's the quiet part Mm. that will just beam towards people with my my branding waves.
0: Well, that's, at least you've like... You nailed that part then if you've decided that that is <laughs> no but you nailed have the vaguest weirdest answer out yeah. yeah well no no if you if you don't want that to be like the thing like your selling point like a, a loud selling point because you think your genre already conveys that then that's a good like you're putting the energy into your like your brand and your genre and you're not going to mm-hmm. have to try and really sell it in the actual content of the book so I think that's maybe like a, a thing that I think is the niche part is the content. Um, not so much the genre. Yeah. It's it's what's in it. So in this list that I've like been going through and writing out my own little answers and things, it's like what themes if I look at my own writing, what themes do I return to again and again? And instantly I know what I always go mm. back to. Um whether my characters have similar character traits and all of my characters in some way, do because I like to. I mean, they're all different characters, but they all I, I like to write very snarky teenagers um because I am a child of Buffy, so all of my characters are <laughs> just like they could be in the, in like Buffy and stuff. um My setting, if it's always the same, and for me, my settings really are um, a particular selling point of my stories. And then also, this is probably more for me than oh no, it could be for you as well. Um, whether you have high, high low, or in-between stakes. So obviously, like, if you're a huge fantasy writer, you're going to have, like, super high stakes. There's end of the world, it's got to be saved, all this stuff. So if you, like, if you're, it's laying out stakes that your readers will know what to, to expect, I feel like my words just tumble out of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's the thing with this topic, is that, like, it's very much... It's hard to kind of pin it down without just talking about it, so it is very much yeah. a, a kind of words tumble out process. So I would yes. definitely say I have come along. I know it sounds like I'm still very vague about it, but it's I feel like I've come along miles from talking to you about it, and it is actually surprisingly helpful yes, to talk for... to somebody outside your genre because I've I've had this conversation yeah. with other cozy writers of looking at what's the cozy market like now, and I think I think to an extent because everyone. <sighs> Um, maybe not everyone, but I know a lot of British cozy authors, and British people are slightly more anxious than the most. I would say, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> various British cozy authors that I have talked to, they're quite keen to to kind of pin down where the cozy market at is is right now, or kind of share an understanding and talk about what's the next thing coming, rather than necessarily focusing on their their own work and an understanding of branding a genre and and niche um there's a lot of when you're talking people inside your genre there's a lot of conversation about fitting in Mm. and i think talking to somebody outside your genre really helps with what's going to be our topic next week which is the difference between standing out and fitting in and i think that is a a more useful conversation once you've got a few books in your belt at least uh, to figure out where how do i want to be both in the genre and be me Mm -hmm. um yeah. And that is really helpful and, and useful to, to talk about, to figure out, to make sure that you know what you need to be telegraphing to, to make your yes. reader know that as well. Um, yeah, and I think and that's it's very much like a work in
0: progress. It is. It's all a work in progress and it all really, it's so easy to look outside and see what other people are doing and think like, should I be chasing them? But mm. the work really is, it's so much more important to look at yourself like what are you doing right now what's working what isn't working Mm -hmm. what what is your niche if you're looking at all of your your stuff and then how can you use what you're doing to progress like it it's so i'm just like such more of an introspective person because if i start looking at other people it's just so so off-putting because the competitive nature takes over and you just feel like you're at the back of the race Mm -hmm. um I think, but I think the benefit like, of looking at other people is
1: like sometimes just seeing what sparks excitement in you because I think that yes. is easy to overlook. So, when I was looking at competitors and looking specifically at cosy, culinary cosy authors, um, one of my favorite people that I absolutely love following who is worth following whatever genre you write in is Ellie Alexander. And she has tried published. She has self published something recently that I think was sort of a companion book that, um, you know, I think was always going to be a little bit small. So, she self published it just to kind of try a new marketing avenue. She has got a great website. Her social media is fantastic. She's got such a warm presence and she loves Culinary Cozy so much. She has a, a series where the the cafe, I think it is, or the restaurant's called Torte, T-O-R-T-E. And she makes videos from the Tort Test Kitchen, which is just her kitchen. Right. Like her kitchen done it really nice little books in the background. Yeah. Um, but she makes videos and you can see the joy she has of like testing the recipes for her books. She absolutely adores it. And she unusually has a series of books that is about um a beer brewer, which alcohol is not usually a big feature in cozies but again it's the same thing, like she's obsessed with flavour. She's from I want to say Portland or somewhere near there, where you know it's a big brewing area and like lots of microbreweries. And she brings that same joy of flavour and, and like the culinary aspect of the craft beers. And I think she has she has kind of gone into the culinary genre it really really deeply, but also she kind of has this playfulness, so one of her series has a Shakespeare festival in the town where it is, which in fact is is what is in re- in her real town, and I think to some extent her niche is just like her enthusiasm um which is really hard to figure out like can that can that be my niche yes that's why I like watching people like seeing what are you enthusiastic about how do you telegraph that
0: yes I think that that is a huge part maybe like we should have started with that because I think your niche is your passion it is it's like it's the parts of your story that make you want to write the story like Mm -hmm. if you look at all of your like back catalog like and decide that and see like what made you want to write that story? What was it that gave you that like fun spark of an idea that made you think, oh, I could write a book about that. That in itself is part of your niche because it's Mm -hmm. the spark. And if you're like passionate about it, then you, then you're excited to tell other people about it and then other people get excited about it. And doing social media about it feels fun rather than, it feels so much more fun. Because you're just sharing yeah. <laughs> something you
1: love. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so I think we've talked around this a little bit, but as I said, next week's mm-hmm. topic, we are continuing with the focus podcast on branding and being. And we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about standing out and fitting in, which will be a continuation of this, where we have, I think, hopefully figured out a little bit more of how we kind of think about our branding. Do you have any thoughts already on that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. Like, because of we've been doing this part of. Um, our little meetups and stuff for a while is thinking about branding and stuff that in the back of my mind I have got things ticking over and um, the whole standing out and fitting in thing is a forever constant like puzzle that I'm trying to figure out and personally for me as well as this like my next week's um, topic task that I'm going to be doing on the side with all the other stuff that I do is um is looking more at my competitors and I think that this will tie in really nicely because I really need to like sit down and spend some hours doing that, and I've been putting it off. So, <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to try and el- like see where I can elbow in and make space for myself. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think like make space for yourself. I think one thing that I keep kind of returning to, both in this area and in my other mindset work, is just like I have a real tendency to feel like someone has to give me permission to do something. Um, I think that comes from like, I was a very academic kid and you know, you do the exams and you get the good grades and you get the certificate and then you can go on through the next big exam. Not and I'm always, waiting for, <laughs> I'm always waiting for like somebody to say, yes, you're good enough to go to this next stage. And I think when you see people, and I've heard a few mentions of this, like when you see people succeeding in self-publishing, it's often people who have met, met a market niche. So they, they are definitely in market, but they have added something incredibly authentic and, and unique about it, and it's people who have often what you might define as like broken the rules. So in cosy, is often it's people who are a bit swearier than you would expect, or people who, like Ellie Alexander, does writes about alcohol. Whole series versus alcohol, which is not very cosy, really, but it so works. Um, mm-hmm. Or you know, you're a little bit racy. um So it is people who are standing out, but authentically and I think that yes. is really the hard thing is like figuring out which parts of me are the obedient academic student girl who actually I should leave those parts behind and what can I take forwards that is like the the like slightly dangerous edgy part of me which not necessarily sweary or alcohol related but like edgy and that like only I could do this and I'm thrilled to do it I want to find mm-hmm.
0: that yeah because I see that in you that's like that's the version of you that I see is Mm -hmm. the person who knows what they're doing and just goes and does it. So I think it's definitely your mindset (laughs) because to me, you are that person.
1: Yeah, I I think so. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing it on the page and that Mm -hmm. I nail it in my next series. That is where I I feel enthusiastic to keep going with the series rather than think, oh, because Cozy series can continue forever. So it really feels like a decision Mm -hmm. to drop a series that it feels like a failure. So I want to make sure this new series is like, a thousand percent me, and I will love writing it even if it breaks some of the rules quote rules for cozies. Um, as long as it is meeting my audience's needs and making everyone happy, including me, that is what I want, and that's what I'm really theistic about. So, I'm gonna have some thoughts maybe not a finalized thought, but some strong thoughts by next week on that.
0: I'm very excited for you, <laughs> it's making me enthusiastic. I'm not even yeah. thinking about myself, I'm just thinking about you,
1: and hopefully, everyone sure does things the same way. I think this is a yes. I definitely felt intimidated by the topic when we first started of like niching and branding and genres. And it's like, it felt so big and like, mm, like I'm not Amazon. How am I going down? Like figuring out what genres there are and categorizing everything. It's, it's huge. Um, but now to have talked through it and to kind of come out the other side feels really like, I can't wait to start this new series. And I, I, yeah. Really want to do it in the best way possible. And I'm hoping yeah. that other people are inspired by this conversation to have similar thoughts and to have conversations with their friends, their writer friends yeah. to kind of get to the same stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to having yes. our chat next week and I will see you then. You will. I'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Penta to Paycheck Authors.
0: Stay tuned for our next episode. And don't forget to subscribe to learn how to write your way to financial success.